0: This is Sacred Heart Audio Theater. In the name of the cross, I command you to halt!
1: Valerian, do not abandon the faith, no matter what they do to you.
2: Fear not, Cecilia. I will see you soon in heaven, if God wills it.
3: All at once, the sick man regained his strength. Recovered the use of his senses, and making the sign of the cross, cried
0: against the demon. You were so brave!
4: Jesus suffered more. I want to comfort him.
0: This is Sacred Heart Audio Theater, bringing sane stories to life for the whole family. Sacred Heart Audio Theater presents Rose of Lima and the Power of Redemptive Suffering. This is part one of two. The year is 1627, in Lima, Peru. An old priest sits in the visiting room of an Augustinian convent, waiting to see an old friend. He is on official business from Rome to investigate the cause for canonization of Rosa de Flores. The door opens and the priest stands to greet an old frail nun who comes through the door.
5: Father Luis, what a pleasure to see you once again.
0: Yes, it is similar to times of old. I had no idea that you had become a nun, Sister Maria. I've heard that you had a fever, so I will not tax you. I've come to inquire about the life of our dear Rose, so I can submit it to our Archbishop, who will review it and send it to Rome.
5: So, the canonization process is beginning already?
0: Yes, it is, Sister. One day soon, God willing, your daughter Rose will be proclaimed a saint of the church. I have many people to visit, but I would like to start with you, Maria.
5: Of course. What do you wish to discuss?
0: Let us begin with her name. Rose. Rosa de Flores. Did you not originally name her Isabel?
5: Yes. What a mistake that was. And I'm afraid it caused much suffering of poor little Rose. We named her Isabel, after my mother, who had come to live with us before Rose was born. Everything changed, however, the day Mariana said those wonderful words.
0: The scene changes as we visit the memory of Sister Maria, Rose's mother. It is now the year 1587 and the setting is the Flores household. Mariana is the employed servant of the household, And Rosa's grandmother is there as well.
5: Mariana! Where are you? It is time for me to feed the baby.
6: Coming, Maria.
5: Look at little Isabel.
6: Her face is so pink and fair, it reminds me of a beautiful flower. What kind of flower? Why, a rose, Maria. Don't you see?
5: Hmm. Rosa Maria de Flores. It is a wonderful name, to be sure. Isabel is such a plain name, but Rose. Has anyone else noticed how wonderful the baby looks of late?
1: Why yes, Maria. She will be a beautiful woman and shall bring in the biggest
5: dowry of all your girls. Exactly my thoughts, mother. In fact, her looks resemble that of a rose. So they do. A beautiful pink rose that has yet to blossom. So, we are going to call her Rose from now on. Now that is a good joke. I almost choked on my food, Maria. I'm being completely serious. If any one of you calls her Isabel from now on, you will have me to deal with. Her name is Rose, and that is final.
0: Now, Maria... You cannot change our child's
5: name on an impulse. It was divinely inspired. Isabel is such a terribly common name. But Rose, just think. People will remember a name like
1: that. You named her after me, Maria. A common name indeed. You should be ashamed. Oh, be quiet, Mother. Whose child is it anyway? How dare you try to change her name, you heathen? She was baptized as Isabel, was she not? If you don't stop this nonsense, I will bring Father Garcia into
0: this. He will talk sense into you. Can't a man eat in peace in his own house? There will be no more discussion of this tonight.
5: And that, Father Lewis, started the war over Rose's name. I would call her Rose, and my mother would call her Isabel. It was a great burden for Rose growing up, but both me and my mother were so stubborn, we didn't even think about that. That is the call to Vespers. We can talk more tomorrow if
0: you like. Of course, Sister Maria, please pray for me.
2: Dr. John Perez. Father Luis, how are you on this fine day? Are you still working, John? At my age? (laughs) No, Father. I am old. I don't have much time left on this earth. I am here to attend Vespers here at Santa Catalina. Do you care to join me? Of course. John, did you know Rosa de Flores? Yes, I did, Father. I was her doctor from the time she was three until the day she died.
0: We travel back in time to visit another memory. We again visit the Flores household, and Rosa is now three years old.
6: Dr. John, please come in. Rosa's thumb is worse today.
7: Ah, I see. This is the same thumb that was shut in the oven door.
6: Yes, doctor. Maria de Flores will see you now. Don't make it hurt more than it has to. Rose is a fragile child, Dr. John.
5: Fragile? Mariana, go do something useful and stop jabbering and wasting the doctor's time. I'm sorry, doctor. Rose is in here. My nerves are on an end
7: today. Does your finger hurt, Rose? Did
1: you just call her Rose? Her name is Isabel. If you call her that heathen name...
5: Be quiet, Mother, and let the doctor work in peace. I'm sorry, Doctor.
7: It's all right. What did you say, Rose?
4: My finger doesn't hurt as much as him.
7: What does she mean? Why is she pointing to that statue?
5: Oh, that is a statue of the child Jesus that Rose has become fond of. Rose refers to it as a little doctor.
7: Oh, my... This finger is very bad. I need to operate on it right now and cut out that fingernail. If I do not, she will likely lose her hand.
5: Dr. John, will it hurt her?
7: Yes, it is a very painful operation. I need two of you to restrain her while I cut the fingernail out. I have my things right here.
5: Oh, Doctor, is is there any other way?
7: I'm afraid not, Maria.
5: Mariana, Dr. John needs to operate on Rose's finger. We need to restrain Rose, so she doesn't move around too much.
7: All right, let's get this over with. My dear, this is going to hurt very much. Can you be brave?
5: Yes.
6: It's all right, Rose. Dr. John is going to make you better.
7: All right, is everyone ready? All right, all done. You were so brave.
4: Jesus suffered more. I want to comfort him.
2: That, Father Luis, was my first encounter with the saintly girl. To be honest, I looked at things differently from that day on. If a three-year-old girl could offer up her sufferings to God, why could I not do the same? She did not utter one sound, Father, during the entire surgery. In my thirty-five years of practicing medicine, she was the only patient I had who did not cry out during an
0: operation. That is truly extraordinary. You said she was three years old at the time of the surgery. Yes, she was three years old.
2: She had a remarkable presence for someone that age, don't you think? I am
0: not surprised, John. You see, in my years as a spiritual director, Rose told me this over and over again. We cannot obtain grace unless we suffer afflictions. At first I was skeptical, but now I am convinced it is true. It is only through suffering, John, that we gain grace. It is only through the cross that we enter heaven. God revealed this to Rose at a very early age, and through her intercession and example, we can learn to offer up our sufferings as well. Thank you, Sister Maria, for meeting with me again.
5: It is my pleasure, Father. There are many things that could be worth mentioning about Rose. But one event that stands out in my mind is how she learned to read.
0: How she learned to read?
5: Yes. She was five years old at the time. And one day, I decided that she needed to learn how
0: to read. Another memory is visited. Another extraordinary event in the life of Rosa de Flores.
5: Rose, stop causing mischief with your brother! I think it is high time you become civilized and learned how to read. Go fetch some paper and I will teach you. Yes, mamma. All right, I am going to write down the letters of the alphabet and I want you to copy them after I'm done. This letter is the letter A. See. Now, this letter is B.
1: Don't you think you're making Isabel learn too fast, Maria? You can't expect her to draw all of the letters of the alphabet perfectly
5: after you've gone over them with her once. Mother, I don't need to deal with your insolence right now. Rose is my child, and I will do with her as I please.
4: I'm done, Mama. I did just like you said. Rose, this is terrible. Why do you have
5: to be so stupid? Copy them again, and this time... Be careful. Maria, you barely thought for more than an hour. Come, Isabel. We shall learn to read another day. Don't call my rose Isabel. It's confusing her. Copy them again. Yes, Mother.
0: We now return to the visiting room for a brief moment. Sister Maria looks to be growing weary, but she continues to relate the events to Father Luis as she remembers it.
5: No matter how much I tried, Father Louis. I... I just couldn't teach my Rose how to read. I finally gave up in despair and told her I would teach her next year when I had the time and wasn't so busy. You won't believe though what happened a few days later.
4: Mother, mother.
5: What is it, Rose? I am busy cooking for tonight. I can read. Shame on you. You know better than to lie like that.
4: But it's true. Look, I have a book here. St. Catherine of Siena.
5: Your grandmother told you what that book said.
4: Mama, I can read, I promise.
5: All right, Smarty. What does that say? Right near the window here.
4: Mama's kitchen. Keep out or you will get a bump on your head. How did you
5: learn how to read?
4: The Christ child taught me how to read.
5: Rose, now you are lying.
4: No, I asked the Christ child to teach me how to read because you were so busy, and he did.
5: And that, Father Lewis, is how Rose learned how to
0: read. Fascinating. Do you believe it, Sister Maria, that the Christ child actually taught her to read himself?
5: Yes, I do now. At the time I was skeptical. We all knew something strange and wonderful had happened, but to think that my little Rose had actually seen the Christ child seemed ridiculous. This reminds me of another event that happened when she was that age.
0: Ah, is this the story about Rose's hair?
5: Why, yes, it is. How did you know?
0: It is actually my turn to tell you something about Rose. Rose often referred to this particular event in connection with the decision that changed her life forever. What
5: decision was that?
0: It was at the tender age of seven when Rose made her vow of perpetual virginity. She would often speak of it as the happiest day of her life, with the exception of her first communion. She gave herself entirely and completely to God, and pledged him her service, her possessions, and her life. The idea was planted when she was playing in the garden with her brother Ferdinando. Rose, you should play in the mud. It's really fun. Look,
4: here's a squishy worm. I don't like playing with dirty things, Fernando. Besides, I just fixed my hair. It looks beautiful, doesn't it? Catch this mud ball I made for you. Eugh! Fernando, look at my hair. You got mud all over it. I don't want to play with you anymore. And I'm going to tell Mother. Rose, you shouldn't be so angry at me for dirtying your hair. Well, why not? The curled ringlets of girls are hellish cords which enchain the hearts of men and miserably drag them into everlasting flames. Oh my goodness, Fernando! How could I be so senseless?
7: Rose, where are you going?
4: I'm going to see the little doctor. My dearest Jesus, I am so sorry for being angry at Fernando. I want to be all yours like Saint Catherine of
5: Father Lewis, are you saying Rose went to you and asked if she could make an act of perpetual virginity at the age of seven? Why didn't she tell
0: me? Actually, Maria, she did the right thing in not telling you. Young people are not supposed to tell anyone but their spiritual directors what they feel their vocation is supposed to be. This guards their vocation from being influenced by outside forces. I have known pious parents who have convinced their children that they have higher vocations when they clearly did not, and I have also seen obvious candidates turned away from these holy vocations because they have told others and were given ill words of advice. A spiritual director and confessor is a physician of the soul, and a vocation is something that a priest can diagnose only after careful inspection.
5: It's a good thing she didn't tell me because I would have spanked that silly notion out of her.
0: It was the day that Rose had that conversation with Ferdinando that she found the scissors and cut off her hair. Do you remember that day, Maria?
5: Remember it? That incident was one of the worst days of my life. What seven-year-old in her right mind would cut off her beautiful hair? It was utterly humiliating. The only other thing Rose did that was comparable to cutting her hair off was when Rose turned our house into a nursery for the poor street urchins during a flu outbreak. I know I was uncharitable, Father, but I could not stand the likes of them in my house. (coughs) Father, I'm, I'm not feeling very well. Can we postpone the rest of this interview for another time?
0: Of course, sister. I am so sorry that we went longer than I said we would. I will give you my blessing before we go. Benedicat omnipotent Deus, patris et filii spiritus sancti, semper. Amen. Alfonso, do you remember me,
3: Father Luis? My goodness, what a pleasant surprise! How are things in Europe, and what brings you back to Lima?
0: Affairs in Europe are very bad as of late. Heresies are rampant, Catholics are being persecuted openly in parts of Germany, Italy, and all of England. I am here to inquire about Rose's canonization. Could I speak to you about her?
3: Yes, Father. It is always joyful to remember Rose. Would you like to come in?
0: Do you mind if we take a walk? I've been interviewing Sister Maria de Flores all morning.
3: Of course, Father. I don't think I have to start dinner for another hour, so we have plenty of time to talk.
0: Very good. I know that you were very close friends with Rose as a child. Are there any instances or conversations with Rose that stand out to you?
3: Yes, I was one of her only close companions. We prayed more than we talked, but one instance that stands out was when Rose was about 12 years old. I knew she was holy, but this was one of the rare instances where Rose actually gave me a glimpse of her disposition toward God. And Father Luis, I will never forget how beautiful it was.
0: We find ourselves in a garden in the backyard of the Flores household. Two girls are sitting together and talking. Both are about 12 years old.
6: Rose, did you plant these flowers? They are beautiful. I especially like the roses. Of course, Alfonso. I love tending my flowers, especially the roses. Mother will be teaching me how to embroider soon, so I'm taking good care of these flowers, because they might be my last. I don't think there are better flowers in all of Lima than the ones you grow here, Rose. Were you up late last night? Why, yes I was. What makes you ask that question? I heard Mariana talking to my mother, and she said that she passed your room in the middle of the night and saw you were awake. What were you doing? Why I was praying, I was talking to Jesus. In the middle of the night? Can't you pray during the day? Of course I can pray during the day. But our lives are so short, and Jesus is waiting for us to talk to him. Alfonso, can I tell you a secret? You can't tell anyone about it unless I'm dead. Do you promise? Of course, Rose. I can keep a secret. I had a vision of Jesus last night. Our Lord and Savior lifted up His voice and said to me, Let all men know that the grace comes after tribulation. Let them know that without the burden of afflictions, it is impossible to reach the height of grace. Let them know that the gifts of grace increase as the struggles increase. Let men take care not to stray and be deceived. This is the only true stairway to paradise, and without the cross, they can find no road to climb to heaven. When I heard these words, a strong force came upon me, and it pressed me so that my breath came slow. I felt as if my soul could no longer be kept in the prison of the body, but that it had burst its chains and was free and alone, and was going very swiftly through the whole world, saying, If only mortals would learn how great it is to possess divine grace, how beautiful, how noble, how precious, how many riches it hides within itself, how many joys and delights. Without doubt, they would devote all their care and concern to winning for themselves pains and afflictions. All men throughout the world would seek trouble, infirmities, and torments, instead of good fortune, in order to attain unfathomable treasure of grace. This is the reward and final gain of patience. No one would complain about his crosses if he would come to know the scales on which they are weighed when they are distributed to men. You talk to Jesus? Rose, that is wonderful! Did he tell you anything else? Yes, wonderful things, but I can't tell you about them yet. Alphonsa? St. Catherine of Siena made many sacrifices and offered her whole life as an offering to God in reparation for sinners. I want to be like her. But Rose, sacrifices are hard. They are for the saints, not ordinary people like us. But Alfonso, it's only through sacrifices that ordinary people like you and me can become saints. Making sacrifices is easy. You don't have to do anything big. Really? Is that all I have to do? Of course. After you make the sacrifice, whatever it may be, you offer it to Jesus through Mary for poor sinners. It makes Jesus so happy, Alphonsa, when someone does this for him. Jesus is so lonely and hurt by his children in today's world, especially those who reject his love and mercy. He wants us to love him, and sacrifices are the best way to show Jesus that we do.
3: This conversation, Father Luis, was when I began to realize that Rose was destined for greatness. It won't surprise me at all that one day, history will remember us only by our relationship with
0: Rose. All of a sudden, a messenger comes running up. She hands Father Luis a letter.
6: Father Luis, wait! I have something for you from Sister Maria. She said she forgot to give you this letter at the meeting.
0: God reward you. Alfonso... Thank you so much for telling me this wonderful story.
3: Of course, Father. What else do you want to know?
0: I would ask for more, but I am getting tired myself. Can I call on you later this week for more information on Rose?
3: Why, of course. I would be delighted to have you, Father Luis. I want to introduce you to my family as well.
0: That would be wonderful. Do you know by any chance where Mariana is now?
3: Mariana is working for the Diego family. She started working for them when Maria de Flores became a Dominican nun.
0: I will give you my blessing before I go. All right, let's see what this letter contains. Ah, it is a letter from Ferdinando de Flores. Very good. My dearest mother. I am writing to you regarding a rather startling event that occurred when I was accompanying Rose to visit the Augustinian convent, when she was supposed to ask whether she could enter the cloistered life there. You should, should remember, remember that, that day, day well. well. I never told anyone this story, because it seemed so extraordinary that I questioned my
2: memory of the events afterwards. However, Rose assured me that it was absolutely
0: true. We find ourselves in a large church, and see two figures in separate pews. They are brother and sister, Ferdinando and Rosa de Flores. They are much older than our previous encounters with them, and look to be in their early twenties.
1: My dearest Jesus, let me know whether I am called to be a cloistered nun
5: or a Dominican tertiary want to do is to please you.
6: My love, I trust in your mercy and I place my heart
3: the
1: answer to my prayers. Thank you,
2: Lord." Rose remained fastened to her kneeler, unable to move, until she made up her mind that she was to become a Dominican tertiary. Only then was she able to rise. I was awed and humbled to call Rose my sister, and knew that God had something special planned for her. From that day forward, Rose never wavered in her vocation to become a Dominican tertiary, also called the Third third Order order of St.
0: Dominic. I, your humble son, Ferdinando, was graced to witness the event. I remain yours, dearest mother, through the immaculate heart of Mary, Ferdinando de Flores. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Audio Theatre. This concludes Part 1 of 2. On behalf of the sacred heart audio theater team thank you so much for listening to today's episode for more information on upcoming productions or to donate to our cause visit sacredheartaudiotheater.com thank you so much for listening and god bless you this is sacred heart audio theater bringing saint stories to life for the whole family